Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking to officiant Catherine Amundi about her business officiating weddings at Walt Disney World. I wanted to do this vendor spotlight so that you could learn more about how to choose your own officiant and what sets a Disney World wedding apart from other types of weddings that an officiant might do. Welcome, Catherine. Hi, Carrie, and thank you so much for inviting me onto the show today. I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you got started officiating weddings at Walt Disney World. It all started a few years ago. I had a lovely couple contact me as their Disney wedding planner had recommended me to them. And as you can imagine, when they come through to me, they were super excited to start planning their ceremony. They'd booked a a wedding at the beautiful wedding pavilion and they were having a wishes wedding, which obviously includes the rehearsal the day before. So they wanted to ensure that I was also available to perform both their rehearsal and their wedding ceremony. And of course, I was delighted to say, yes, I was. I really, truly feel that it's very important to all couples that, as they're efficient, that, you know, I'm there for the beginning of their first hello, right through to them saying I do, and to their happy ever after. In fact, I've had lots of my couples contact me months or years later to tell me their happy news as they become parents which is, to me, truly wonderful that I'm still a part of their lives and their future even after their wedding day. And how did you get started officiating in general? Well, within weddings in general, I actually started uh, doing the the officiant weddings through a friend of mine who is also an officiant. And between us, we started doing weddings out of property, really. So it was mainly off property. And then, obviously, this wedding came through for Disney and then from then I mean I've I've got so many Disney weddings now I'm Disney Disney (laughs) (laughs) and are you a religious officiant or a notary I'm a non-religious non-denominational officiant so I'm a notary for the uh, state of Florida that's great okay so you've done so many Disney weddings now can you talk about what sets a Disney wedding apart from officiating just a regular kind of wedding Yeah, I would say for sure. I've done a lot of off-property weddings and I've done a lot of on-property weddings out of Disney. And to be truthful, when I do Disney weddings on property, it is phenomenal how all the magic comes together because really Disney does do fairy tale magic. And from, you know, the coordinators and how their days are planned for their brides and their grooms to the ceremony to everything that's you know put into the wedding there's a lot of components that are part and parcel of that they are phenomenal and they do a fabulous fabulous job and when I go to do a wedding in Disney I know for sure that the day is going to run smoothly you know and at the very end the the smiles just say it on the faces of the brides and the grooms you know how their magic of their wedding came together 
That's interesting. And you do get to see a lot of different kinds of weddings. I do. I do. I do a lot of weddings. I do same-sex weddings as well. So, you know, a lot of the weddings are from afar. A lot of people are coming in from different countries. And it all comes together, whether it's, a, you know, from destination or just local. And it's just phenomenal. It really is. That's my big word for it. Now, that's an interesting point, because a lot of people who get married at Walt Disney World, for them, it's a destination wedding. What strategies do you have for connecting with a couple who you maybe don't get to meet in person, but you want to have a meaningful connection in order to officiate their wedding? I've got a lot of couples that I'm actually working with right now. And initially, you know, they did come through on my website or they've come through on the wonderful Disbrides group. Um, and although they're away in different states or Canada or the UK, and some are even in the military, it's that's not a problem for me because I know there's a time zone. I mean, you can tell by my accent I'm from the UK, so I know time zones. So I can offer a Skype that we can do a three-way talk. So the three of us get together at one time, which is a time zone that brings us all in one time, and we can have a chat and go over all their ceremony visions the planning process and what they want. I learn a lot about them as a couple. I get to know their story and how they met. And basically that gives me enough to start to put their ceremony together. Okay, interesting. And then how do you tailor the ceremony to each couple? That's a big question because every couple has a different story and every couple wants something different. Some people might just want a simple ceremony. Other people want things that, you know, they want to add in. So to tailor their ceremony, I start with the, getting to know them with the, the chat, obviously. And then I start putting their ceremony together. And I put it about them and around them. And then, well, you know, I'll have some suggestions. I'll add some magic in there of Disney and anything else they feel that's really important. I start then to put the ceremony into some sort of normality of how it would read. And I will obviously offer it there's any family that want to come in to do readings or if they want to do a unity or anything like that, that is when we start putting that into ceremony. Also with their vows, are they wanting to, to have their own vows? Do they want to write their own vows? Or are they happy just to have the, you know, the modern or the more traditional vows? Or are they wanting a, a ring exchange that is just the normal or they want something different? So at that point, this is when it all starts coming together. So it starts to come alive. And I think that's really important for when I put my ceremony together, that it's going to be something for them. And then after a couple of times that we've gone back in two, we'll do some tweaks here and there. And then I will send the final draft over to them for them to reread. And once they're happy with that, then they'll send it back and tell me that's how they want it to go. I'm passionate about what I do. And I put my heart and soul into being a wedding officiant. And when I start their ceremony, I love to see the smiles and the laughs of each of them people in the audience. You know, it's a bit of fun where they read out a little bit of the couple and they're added Disney puns and a bit of promises here and there. But everybody in the congregation are, are listening to their ceremony. So they want to hear things about them as a couple. And when they do hear it, it, it registers in their mind that they think they know exactly where I'm coming from on that. And so does the couple. And it makes it such a perfect ceremony at the end of it. I'm so glad you said that because I think for a lot of us who have destination weddings, we're worried that the officiant, you know, they, if they don't know us, that it's we're just going to be a form that they filled in with our name and our details. And it's wonderful to hear that it's really still a very personal service, even if they aren't somebody who you've known for years. 
Right. You know, I, I still look at some of the reviews I have from my brides and grooms and couples, and a lot of them say they feel as if they've known me forever. And that's a really good thing. That's a really heartfelt thing for me, that they feel that, you know, from that first connection, we've got together and we I know them like they know me. So when I put their ceremony together, they know I'm doing what they want me to do. That's wonderful. Now, one thing you mentioned, sand ceremonies, unity candles. Are there any other types of ceremonies you've seen that couples have added to personalize their wedding ceremonies? Yes, there's lots of beautiful creative wedding unities out there. And couples have loads of options to go for. But a couple that I actually do, um, one in particular is a mother's, grandmother's rose ceremony. And I normally perform this as part of the beginning of the ceremony. I think it's truly really wonderful way to thank the most important women in their lives. And it really touches not only the, the mothers and the grandmothers, but it also touches the bride and the groom or the grooms and the brides. Because when you're bringing in the mothers or the grandmothers into the beginning of the family of the ceremony, to me, that is very, very important because moms tend to come into the ceremony, walk down and sit down and that's it. Yet they've been there from the day one when they were born. So for them to actually bring them into the ceremony, I think it's such a wonderful, wonderful, precious moment. And then from then, obviously, some other options. One is in particular, and this is my favorite. Obviously, you know, from the UK, I'm originally from North Wales. So I'm classed as a Celt from Welsh Celts. And one of my favorites is the hand-fasting ribbons. Now, hand-fasting ribbons, I don't know if you know much about them, but they originally come from the UK and has its roots in the ancient Celtic tradition. It symbolizes the binding together of people. So in centuries that have gone by, folklore shows, you know, that hand fasting was so popular in the customs of the British, especially in Scotland, Ireland and Wales, as these were these Celtic lands. And it was also recognized for hand fasting as a marriage just as binding as one in a church. And this is what gives us the phrases we know today like tying the knot you've heard that one and the bonds of matrimony so I've come across a lot of couples that really really enjoy listening to about the hand fasting and they have family roots from the Celtic lands and have said how perfect it would be to add this into the ceremony so they could incorporate their family roots so that's been really really one of my favorite ones and I think it'll always be a favorite one of mine that's wonderful. Let's talk briefly about the license process. I actually have an entire episode that's devoted to how to get your marriage license for Florida, whether by mail via Brevard County or by applying in person at Orange County or Osceola County when you get to Walt Disney World for your trip. So if you're interested in that process, I will put the link to that show in this episode. But for you, Catherine, when the couple shows up on the day of the wedding and they bring their license, what part do you have in the license process? Where the license is concerned, uh, once I take the license off the couple, I obviously put my stamp, my seal, my signature, and I fill it in all the legal parts to it. If they want, and this is not something that you have to have in Florida, but there are two places where you can have two witnesses sign. And I do offer this to the couples because it's nice also to have photographs of two members of the family or two members of the bridal party or somebody that they really want to sign, you know, in their photographs with the bride and groom. So I offer that automatically. Once that's all completed and I filled all that in, 
I offer there's two choices they can you know if they if they are local and they want to take it back to the courthouse then they they can do but ma- mainly I mail it I will mail it for them as part of my service got it and then I've heard that it usually takes about two weeks to get the completed license back from the county it's about two weeks but obviously it's maybe a little bit longer if it's international UK or or further afield Right. And I should mention here that, unfortunately, Florida's county licenses are not very great to look at. They just look like Xerox pieces of paper. And yeah. I know a lot, of couples, a lot of couples get them back and they're like, this is it. So I don't want my certificate looking like this. Yeah. I know. So there is a website where Florida offers two decorative versions of the license. They're a little bit 1990s graphic design, but you know, they're better than just black ink on white paper. So I have the link to that in my book and on my website. Okay, so if a couple is at the stage where they are looking to choose an officiant, what kinds of things should they look for? In my experience, there's many decisions that they can make for their ceremony. But for their officiant, It'll depend on a lot of things, like, you know, do they want a religious ceremony? Do they need interfaith or a non-denominational? Are they wanting the same-sex wedding? And all that will have a knock-on effect to whoever they decide on choosing, whether they want an officiant or they want to go for a minister, a religious minister. So that's once they've worked out what they want, then from then there's, you know, obviously a lot of ways they can then go looking for their officiant. But in my experience, I would definitely definitely tell them when they're looking make sure they look for you know read reviews on the officiant see how much experience they have you know other couples will tell you how they felt so in other words that's how that officiant makes them feel so it should really be that it will make them feel comfortable knowing that when they contact this officiant other couples have felt that way and also if they're flexible would they be happy to offer and create something that they have a vision of their ceremony, are they going to change their ceremony for them? Are they going to add additions? Are they creative? There's lots of things that they want to put into their ceremony. And some officiants, I'm not saying all officiants, but some officiants are pretty much on one stage of how they put their ceremony together. So it depends on what they want, really, Kerry. But I would definitely say look for things that are going to suit them as a couple. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think another thing I've noticed over the years of going to weddings is that often it's tempting to want to, especially in Florida, where it's very easy to have a family member get ordained online via the Universal Life Church. Sometimes you think, oh, well, I won't pay for an officiant. I'll just have, you know, so-and-so, my friend or my family officiate. They know us and, and they'll do a great job. But the thing I notice is that they are not professional speakers. And when you are hiring a professional officiant, here is someone who does this for a living. They know the order of service. They know how to run a rehearsal. And if they do like you do, Catherine, they also take time to get to know you as a couple and what is important to you, and they can work that into your ceremony. Correct. And that's another point as well. I've had people, couples that have contacted me the day before, and I mean eight o'clock the night before, saying that their officiant that they were going to have has counseled on them that they were a friend of a friend that said they were going to do it and then all of a sudden no they can't do it you know and and that's a lot of time planning and money that they put together for their wedding for not having that that person going to go ahead and do that anymore so then they're frantic the night before where they should be enjoying and celebrating trying to find somebody so 
I would definitely say make sure that you know you get somebody that's experienced, and you know if if you have got a family member that wants to be the efficient for your day, just ensure that they're comfortable with standing there and doing the full ceremony and adding in anything that they want for that day. That's great advice. Do you have any advice for couples who are interested in writing their own vows? I know sometimes it's a great idea and you're all excited about it and then you sit down to do it and you're like, ah, where do I start? Ah, yeah, I get that all the time. It's a good question. Well, you know, as we live in a world that really anything goes now in, in vows, we're not going through the traditional uh, run of the mill anymore. So when writing your own vows, I always say to couples, you know, you can put really anything within them vows. As long as it's heartfelt, you know, it's promises really that are promises that you're going to make to each other. If you wanted to put a little bit of Disney magic in there, there's no no problem with that. That's that's a bit of fun, you know. But generally, to put vows together, I would say grab yourself a notebook. I don't expect anyone to sit down and start writing because a lot of people don't have the time these days to sit, to sit and write vows. But if you can think of something about your partner, write it down, you know, and then a day or so after something else might pop in your head write that down and then eventually by the time you finish writing all these things that have been popping into your head for the last you know a couple of weeks to a month you'll have a full vows in fact you'll probably have more vows than you need so then all you need to do then is retailer them to how you want to put them together for the day that's interesting okay so some examples of vows are promises and then also things that you love about the other person yeah, and how they've, you know, made a difference in your life and, you know, what, what do you see each other's future together are going to be, you know, and what you want for each other for the future. I mean, I helped a, a groom write some of his vows. Yes, he wrote some of the vows that he wanted himself, but he also wanted to add a little bit of difference, uniqueness. And this this is Star Wars I'm talking about now. <laughs> and, and a little bit of gaming. So he wanted to surprise his bride. So he... FaceTime me separately to go through it so I could put this together for him. And the vows, Carrie, totally turned out so much fun. In fact, the bride and everyone else couldn't help but laugh. And it made it so joyful. So even if a couple are still staggering over how to write vows, I'm here to help them. So if one of them wants to write something and they're just not wanting to or how to or how shall I write that, they can always contact me at any time they want to. Just send an email. Can I make an appointment or arrange a quick chat? I'll be there for them, and I'll be happy to go through anything they want and put things together for them. So it sounds like it's come from them, but it's, it's worded how they want it to be worded. That's wonderful. Where can my listeners go to learn more about you and the services you provide? I have got a, a lot of ways of contacting me. I'm an approved fairy tale wedding officiant on the wonderful Disbrides group. I'm also on the Disney same sex list with Disney. If they wanted to go onto my website, then they, all they need to do is to go to www.gettingmarriedinflorida.com. And that will give them really more information about me, my services, photos, reviews, obviously from other, other couples, there's quite extensive reviews on there. And anything really that I haven't gone over today, there's other community offerings on there too. And of course, you know, if they want to drop me an email, they can email me. And that's info.gettingmarriedinflorida.gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook. And if they want to friend me, they're welcome to friend me. I'm happy to, to be friends to anyone. 
<laughs> and by the way, I'm a hugger as well. So they also, also get a hug on their wedding. Um, <laughs> they just need to go on to Facebook and just write in officiant Catherine T. Imundi, and I'll pop up. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter. So I'm also on the Knot and Wedding Wire too. And Google, <laughs> there's another search engine they can find me. So there's quite a lot of ways they can find me. Well, I do have a phone number if they want to give me a call. Or they can call me, you know, if they want a quick chat with me, if they want to hear me over the phone before they make decisions on whether they want to email me or whatever. That's uh, Florida, 407-619-0173. Well, yeah, that's a really great idea because sometimes you need to really talk to somebody to get an idea of, you know, whether you're a good fit. I've had people contact me via phone and they say, right, okay, can you send me a link to your website? I've sent it to the website and within about, 10 minutes, I've got an email back, and the next thing we're talking, chatting, and booking the wedding. So, you know, from something like a small, quick chat, it could be that's what they needed just to have that first, first contact, you know? Right, definitely. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think you've offered a lot of great information for anyone who's looking for an officiant for their wedding at Walt Disney World in Florida, and I appreciate your taking the time. Carrie, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>